This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we're having a dried fruit showdown. <laughs> Woo! I know you really want to eat some. Or, or maybe a dried fruit hoedown. Um, well, that implies that this this dried fruit is like, I don't know, at the rodeo or something. Well, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get up my if fiddle. You, hold on. If you were gonna be in a rodeo, would you Hmm? <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> 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 Let me start over. If you, okay. <laughs> oh, why is my sneezing so funny? Because uh, it, it made a really funny sound. <laughs> okay, well, we'll keep it in then. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, if you were going to be in a rodeo, would you have dried fruit around as a snack? Oh, I thought you were going to ask, like, what event would I would I participate oh. in? But I, I don't know, like, what there is other than, like, like fancy Bar- Barrel racing, calf roping. Is barrel racing like when you put on a barrel like you're like you've lost all your money in, in the in the <laughs> yeah. stock market crash? Yep, that's right. Okay. And suspenders. All it's you've right. got left is a barrel and suspenders. But I can but I can race and if I win, I might win that money back. That's true. Okay, that's, how that's it works. my event. Yeah, the robber Plus, the robber barons have put all their money in rodeo uh, prizes. <laughs> that's right. Plus plus I look great in a barrel. Like it really like accentuates like my barrel yeah. chest. Yes. Oh nice. I like that. Okay, anyway, yeah. So we've talked about various dried fruits on the show before. We've talked about raisins. Uh, we've talked about prunes. We've talked about, I think, dried mango and dried apricot on the mango and apricot episodes. Uh-huh. With dates. We did a date episode. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, but today what we've done is we've collected a big pile of dried fruit. Yeah. And in did anyone request bags. this? I don't think so. No, no. We're, we've collected a big pile, and we're gonna we're gonna eat them, and we're gonna name a champion. Yeah, I mean, if we combine them all together, that might be like the ultimate part of an ultimate trail mix. I don't know. I feel like it needs some like nuts or something. To yeah, become a trail it seems mix. like it needs something else. But you know what this is? It's gonna be the ultimate showdown. Yes, it will be the ultimate showdown. Yeah, like yeah. We're, we've built we've built like a oh. like a cage, like a, <laughs> like an octagon. I see that on the agenda you wrote this isn't the ultimate <laughs> showdown, but it's no, a showdown. I, you didn't have to read that though. I, I retract that. This is the ultimate okay. showdown. Okay, great. Okay, okay. First, uh, let's just do kind of a broad dried fruit memory lane. Yeah, I think the reason I said 
it wasn't the ultimate showdown is because I went to Trader Joe's and the co-op and there are just so many different dried fruits. I think I like had this idea in my head that, oh, there are 10 dried fruits and like mm. if I buy all 10, we can have the ultimate showdown. That was a wild underestimate. I mean, I'm pretty sure that one thing that we definitely don't have is goji berries. We don't have goji berries. Yeah, I mean, that. I don't know why that came to mind. I don't. You can get them. Uh, you can get them, but we don't have them. They probably morning. have them at M2M. I mean, I venture to guess we have kind of a more like, uh, I don't know, like at a, an, a, like a Western European spread. Yeah, we, we may have a Western fruits. European spread. Yeah. Okay. Great. What are your What are your favorite Western European spreads? I love a good cheese platter. Uh-huh. I love charcuterie. Uh, yeah. I love these dried fruits. We had like possibly inspired. I think inspired by the charcuterie platter episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Watzel listened to it and then said, "Like it's a hot day. We're gonna have a charcuterie platter for dinner." And oh my it was god! So but, satisfying. But wait, I love that Watzel was like, "It's a hot day. Let's eat a lot of fatty, salty meats." But but like you don't need to cook anything. That's true. It That's it was very satisfying. Have I told you about the uh, what my spouse and I have come to refer to as like our caprese salad? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, well, so again, this is like this our- This is going to be something really trashy. No, no, oh. no. But it begins with, so you use kind of like a wide bowl, like a pasta bowl. Okay. String and cheese and ragu. That's no, my you, you pave the bottom of the bowl with salami. You did tell did me I about tell this. Did I tell you about this? Yes. And then on top of that, you do tomatoes, mozzarella, you do some avocado, sometimes some cucumber if you've got it. Except for the avocado, uh, this sounds great. Uh, some basil, of course, olive oil, salt, and pepper. But the salami is so good in there. Oh, yeah, of course. Did I mention on the show, we're way off topic of here, and I, I want to apologize to everybody, but uh, like that, uh, like long after we did the pico de gallo episode i made some recipe that called for uh like making a cucumber pico de gallo alongside oh. and it was so good that sounds fantastic yeah. okay okay i'm gonna All right, do that well, again back to dried fruits right. matthew what's on your dried fruit memory lane okay so like when i was a kid i had plenty of dried fruit you know raisins dates apples apricots prunes are the main ones that i remember but like it's not that's not really memory lane because it's just like yeah i had dried fruit as a kid like i i do have like one piece of actual dried fruit memory lane which was uh i think i've talked about this on the show before the summer that i took third year accelerated intensive Japanese at University of Washington and was studying Japanese seven to eight hours a day. I always, because I was having lunch late because I was in class like solidly from like nine to one thirty, I think, I knew, okay, I'm not going to make it through there without a hearty snack. So every day I would eat a peanut butter power bar and a bunch of dried pineapple from Trader Joe's. So I didn't have to like make a decision. That was what I had every day every weekday all summer and it's like like, this is how steve jobs handled his wardrobe exactly and and a cup of coffee okay coffee that seems unlike you i know so i'm like if i'm gonna make it through this this like the most intense academic experience of my life like i need to take coffee dried fruit and a power bar and convert that into conversational japanese and it worked Wow. So you, like it, it was like a direct conversion. Like It was a direct conversion. In, yeah. Input foods into Matthew. Matthew produces conversational yeah, there's like Japanese. like a hopper like on top of my oh, head. Oh, yeah. And you, you put that stuff into the hopper and it came out as Japanese. Wait, I have a question. I, I know that I knew you during this time. Oh, yeah. This was like 2015. Yeah. Okay. So we were making the show and everything. But hold on, Matthew. Like what was what is it like to do something that intensively and then just not 
do that anymore. Like, it uh, reminds me it's of... It's a good question. It's like how I, I think about, uh, like, old-fashioned dieting ideas. Like, you do this, like, intensive yeah. thing, and then you just stop. And I was always like, how does that work? But it it, it makes more sense in conversational Japanese. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Like, I assume there was kind of like a like a letdown afterwards, like, like now what am I doing with my life? Yeah, now that I've got all this conversational Japanese and all this fruit in my hopper. That's true. Yeah. No, I mean, I was I was digesting the fruit. Oh, OK. But what about the conversational Japanese? Um, I mean, I did go to Japan a bunch more times after that. You sure did. You so, did. Yeah. So and I you... made I made use of it. And, and I like I continued to study and improve after that, just not as intensively. Okay. And then and like over the last couple of years, I've not studied and uh, unimproved. Oh, that's that's what's happened to my French over yeah. the last like two decades. Sure. OK. Uh, uh, okay, I'll do my memory. Oh, yes, please. So, of course, like everybody, I remember, you know, dried apricots of my youth. I remember disliking raisins, which is so common. But why do most people or why do so many people dislike raisins? It Um, seems like... I don't know. I think of myself as disliking raisins, but I don't really have a reason. Huh. A raisin reason. Very interesting. Um... So I've never, well, here's one thing I've, I I remember is that I remember when Craisins came on the market Yes, and I just don't really get it. Like, what's the big deal? You didn't join the craze? No. I, I, I mean, like they were fine. They're fine. Like, did I? But yeah. I feel like they turn any, like they often show up in salads, right? Yeah. And I feel like they turn any salad into just like a festival of craisins. Like you just lose track of everything else in the salad. You're, it sounds like you're anti-festival. No, I, I agree. <laughs> like I don't need craisins in a salad, but like as a snack, I like them. Like okay. I, I do think like when they first came out, I was kind of going going a little uh, crazy and crazy. And then, and then. Like, you know, it was it was kind of a fad. Okay, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, So my spouse has a fruit aversion. Yes, Um, we've talked about this. And one of the few fruits that they really love are raisins. And Ash loves raisins more than anyone I've ever known. Um, Do they always carry around like a little box of sun-made raisins? I do. I do have nostalgia for the little cardboard box. Do they still make those? I bet they. uh, Actually, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to speculate. Okay. Okay. You know, I did recently. Last time I speculated, I lost everything and had to wear a barrel. Uh, that was really good. Thanks. Nice one. I was recently at Fred Meyer getting some stuff like for a camping trip or something. And uh, we needed some raisins. And so I went to like the raisins section. Fred <laughs> sure, Meyer. sure. And uh, they still the raisin s- aisle. They still sell like raisins in like a cardboard tube. You oh, know, nice. like like the old like uh, like Quaker rolled oats tube, almost have, like that. I have a tube like that of uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I have uh, prunes in a tube right now. What a fascinating way of of. Like, why not put them in a box? A box could be more easily packed into, like, a case, right? What? I mean, I want to know, like, it, it's I want to know like the, about this. The tube like how probably this doesn't pack as efficiently, but I, I imagine it's sturdier because, like, the, cor- the, the corners of the box are going are gonna to cr- crumple. That's true. Um, I mean, that doesn't stop them from putting cereal in a box. <laughs> so so that theory makes no sense. Yeah. Anyway. There was a brief time when uh, my favorite brand of canned chili is Stag Chili. And there was a very brief time when they took, they, they stopped putting their chili in cans and put it in like aseptic boxes instead. Okay. And they were like, you know, this is going to like, you know, save, save on like carbon emissions and like pack more for efficiently. And uh, they, this lasted for like, a month, maybe. Wow. And then they went back to cans. Like I didn't have any problem with the box. I don't. I don't know. Like why yeah, it didn't, it didn't what, work out. If there was but, a big box backlash. Yeah, but no. Maybe there was a big box backlash. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
I don't really have much of a dried fruit memory lane, except just that there's so much dried fruit in childhood. Oh, yeah. I mean, like childhood is just uh, like one dried fruit after another. Because you need you need something to, to carry as a parent to carry around that like, you know, if you don't eat it all that day, it's still going to be fine the next day and is like, you know, in discreet like parcels. Yeah. Um, I mean. I also carried around, what else did I carry around? Like graham crackers. I carried around like goldfish crackers. Goldfish, yeah. But those things also have to be in some sort of packaging that doesn't allow them to be crushed. Yeah. Because you have to be able to like shove them in your tote bag or, yeah. or the glove compartment of your car or whatever. And yeah, so whenever I was carrying around goldfish crackers, uh, yeah, it was like a Tupperware. And that's just not very convenient. No, it's not. So you should have, you should have put them in a tu- in a cardboard tube, like a poster tube. <laughs> yes, just stuffed with with snacks all the way to the top. Yep. Okay. So um, every time I see, like, occasionally someone will receive something uh, packed in a poster tube um, that uh, like arrives in the in our building lobby, and yeah. I always wonder, like, you know, did they get like a like a Nagel poster? What's or, a Nagel? Isn't isn't that the name of that uh, that artist? Am I am I like misremembering I the know. name? No, I don't know. Who, no. From the eighties with like, you know, the very like, you know, kind of vivid pastel colored like Oh, I don't remember. Well we'll we'll Google this. I, I Or I maybe maybe they got one of those magic eye posters. Maybe they got a magic eye poster, maybe they got a Scarface poster, uh Maybe they got a John Bon Jovi poster. Yes. Yeah. yeah like yeah, I had. Of glory. Uh, okay. From the movie Young Guns. Can I tell you about some dried fruit? <laughs> sure. So there is a whole Wikipedia page for dried fruit. Okay, good. Which somehow surprised me, but I, I'm pleased. Um, so, Matthew, I want to give you a little bit of history. All right. Uh, I bet this goes way back. This goes so far back. So drying fruit dates back to the fourth millennium BC. I mean, I think probably fruits were drying like before humans even exactly. came on the scene. We just weren't around to taste them. That's true. It's like, um, it's like the... Um, the bear in the woods thing. Yes. Right. Like that. But hold on, wait, Matthew, I have a question because as I was researching this, I got myself really confused. So the fourth millennium BC, is that the 3000s BC? Yep. Okay. Yeah, because the first millennium BC would be from like... Zero to 1,000. Yeah. Okay, great. All right, so drying fruit dates back way, way, way back there. Yeah, what if we had gotten that wrong? Then we would have been in big trouble. So it dates back like 5,000 years to Mesopotamia. So, you know, think Fertile Crescent, think like Lebanon, I'm always thinking Syria, Iraq, Turkey. So the earliest recorded mention of dried fruits, and I thought this was pretty cool, okay. is found in or, or on, I don't know what is the right... <laughs> preposition here uh-huh. mesopotamian clay tablets yeah dating to 1500 bc bring back clay tablets and these clay tablets from mesopotamia they contain what might be some of the oldest written recipes okay so yeah so like were, like ways to ways to doctor up uh like dried like uh, instant ramen exactly exactly yeah. uh how to make pancetta <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, okay here three we go. three bean salad <laughs> yes. open a can all right so these tablets, as I mentioned, were clay slabs, and they were written in, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but Akkadian, which was the like the daily language of Babylonia. Okay. And they were inscribed in cuneiform. All right. I think cuneiform was a writing system that could be used to write several different, different languages. languages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, the- like, di- like, our, like our writing system. 
Oh, that's a really yeah. good point. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the diet in that area was based on grains and vegetables and fruits like dates and figs and apples, pomegranates and grapes. And for sweeteners, yeah, sounds pretty good. For sweeteners, they used uh, dates, date juice that they evaporated into syrup and raisins. Okay. And they also used dried fruits in their breads. And apparently, they had tons of different kinds of breads. So anyway. did they did they ever put dried fruit in their fruit cake that was later found in an archaeological <laughs> dig and could st- <laughs> okay. hadn't aged a day? Many of the most common dried fruits that we think of today were cultivated early on in that part of the world. Okay, so for instance, the date palm is one of the first cultivated trees. All right, and it was domesticated in in the Fertile Crescent more than 5,000 years ago. Yeah, it seems like this is something that, like you know, at least uh, sort of modern societies have kind of lost touch with the idea that like uh dates like like we found that like these these things that grow on this tree are really good and so we're going to just eat that all the time yeah yeah no i mean and, and that was the thing back I mean, then i guess like, i guess that's sort of what we have with like corn syrup but that doesn't really feel the same it doesn't feel the same <laughs> um so date palms also were were so productive. I mean, they grew so much fruit, right? That yeah. that dates became a real staple of of the diet at that time. And figs were kind of the same story. Um, they were a staple. I, I found in Palestine and Egypt, particularly in Greece, apparently. Okay. And then I and think then, of figs as as a Greek thing. Yeah, not not exclusively a Greek no. thing, but yeah. I mean, but you've been to Mipos. You would know better than me. <laughs> I love that you keep remembering the name of this fictional island we invented. Okay, we didn't invent it. We did. The, the, Balky invented right, Balky it. invented. It. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so dates, figs, grapes were yeah. another really common cultivated plant in that area. Grape cultivation first began in Armenia. All right. Which I don't think I knew. And in eastern parts of the Mediterranean in the fourth century BC. Would so you, again, would you like, call that viticulture? Uh, exactly. So, yeah, grape cultivation began like 5,000 years ago. And raisins were produced by drying grapes in the hot desert sun. And then uh, viticulture, nice, nice, yeah. Matthew, and raisin production spread across northern Africa. The Egyptians and the Phoenicians uh, apparently really got into the production of raisins, probably due to the fact that their climates were so good for sun drying. Mm-hmm. And then from the Middle East, these fruits spread um, up through or up and over (laughs) through Greece and Italy, where they became an important part of the diet there, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Ancient Romans consumed massive quantities of raisins. Okay. I have two questions. Yes. What? First of all, what constitutes massive quantities? I'm not sure. Okay. I don't have like a weight per capita. Did they like keep like a stash of raisins like in the folds of their togas and just kind of reach in there? And then like at the end of the day, they would like shake them out and like collect the remaining raisins. And that would be like a little like I can imagine there being, you know, if your toga had like a, a, a belt or a sash, I mm-hmm. can imagine there being a special pouch. Yeah. That you attach, like like if you have a dog and you're you, you have a treat pouch, maybe that you attach to your belt. Sure, they had raisin pouches. I th- okay, that makes sense. It's hard to imagine, like you know, it's easy to imagine, like I, I know Socrates wasn't Roman. Who's who's a who's a famous Roman? Nero. <laughs> Nero, like uh, <laughs> you know, giving like like giving a speech and like like reaching in and like like grabbing a handful of raisins. raisins. Yep. Like during a little break in the speech. Well, Matthew, get this. So in ancient Rome, apparently raisins were so valued that they quote transcended the food realm. Wow. This is this is how it was worded on Wikipedia. And became rewards for successful athletes as well as premium barter currency. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, figs were also extremely what, what popular. What food do successful athletes get rewarded <laughs> with today? Wheaties. We- yes. <laughs> And Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my favorite food. Okay. So figs were also super popular. They were added to bread. They were also rubbed with spices. Oh, okay. um, And then wrapped in in fig leaves and stored. And I, I, you know. They were wrapped in fig leaves so you wouldn't see their junk. Exactly. And I remember, so uh, Louisa Weiss once, I think, posted a picture of some spice rubbed figs that her mother, her mother who is Italian, had made, uh, rubbed with some sort of of spices and stored in a tin in fig leaves. Okay, like I, I wonder, like if they're, you know, because when you said that, what it made me think of was I, I didn't get the the like uh, you know spice rubbed pine dried pineapple at Trader Joe's, even though it looked really good because I'd already bought like ten kinds of dried fruit. But is like, that, is that almost like tahini yeah, rubbed pineapple? Totally. But wow. like, it's not it's not entirely different from what you just described. It's just like spicier. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, so that's that's kind of the history of dried dates and figs and grapes. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, these other these other popular ones, plums, apricots, peaches, they had their origins f- further east in Asia. Those plants were all, right, all domesticated in China, and then they spread to the Fertile Crescent where they were really popular there too. Okay. So uh, there was all this fruit early on, and as it happened, people- <laughs> and over time it, ju- it dried out. <laughs> yeah, there was just so much fruit, <laughs> and over time people were figuring out that drying or dehydration could be used to preserve food in general. They but- were figuring that out by staying up late and watching the Ronco food dehydrator commercial. <laughs> <the> infomercial. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Anyway, this bit of history seems almost too easy. Like. According to Wikipedia, grapes, dates, and figs that fell from the tree or vine would just dry in the hot sun. And then early hunter-gatherers observed that the dried fallen fruit was still edible. I mean, I kind of buy this. Like, you know, it's not it's not like, a, you know, oops, I dropped my burrito into the fryer type of origin story. Right. It's or like, it's ooh, more those like, chocolate chips fell into the batter. Right. It's, it's more like, you know, we're like in an, in an age where we're like still still kind of figuring out like what we can and can't eat. Like, yeah, we're going to try like the, dr- the fruit that dried on the ground. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I, I, I imagine like the period when people were like figuring this out was pretty was pretty short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, we can make raisins. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, obviously, so so people love dried fruit because drying concentrates the flavor. Yeah. Sometimes changes it a bit. We'll get into talking about that. Drying fruit also mostly preserves its nutrients. Sure. Which would have been useful, especially in in times of of scarcity, or maybe if you're out in the desert. And of course, it has a long shelf life because removing water from something inhibits the ability of like bacteria and fungi to grow. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. 
Sherry University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. So uh, let's start eating, and then I want to talk about okay. methods of drying. Where should we start? Because we have at least like we have like ten things could you, here. Could probably. you uh, uh, array it all? Arrange it all? Yeah, let's spread it out as an array. Okay. And let's cheese plate. Let, let me it. get a let me get a plate. Okay. So we have mostly things here that are like what we think of as like conventional dried stuff, you know, like chewy kind of <laughs> gummy in texture. But we do also have one thing that is freeze dried and that's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, and when you brought that, I was frankly shocked because I didn't know <laughs> we were doing freeze dried fruits as well. I know, I'm full of surprises. Now, on the the box of dates that you just opened, it says fresh dates. I know, right? But I think they're it's, clearly dried. They're clearly dried. I don't know what a fresh date would be, although I think we talked about it on the date episode. Let's see. Um, yeah, a fresh date would not look like this. It wouldn't be as wrinkly. For probably. one thing. I don't want to touch the, the strawberries yet because they're going to get powder all over my fingers and I okay. don't want to taste them yet. Right. So did you go to the co-op? What happened here? I totally went to the co-op. I oh got a bunch God. of bunch of bulk babies. And you also got the California slab apricots oh, yeah, no, as soon as from I, Trader I, Joe's. I saw and them. They, I was like, oh, those are those apli- apricots <laughs> that, that Molly, Molly won't loves. shut up about. Um, <laughs> they changed the packaging. I, I thought so. Because when I saw it, I was like, I don't remember seeing this before, but those are definitely the ones that Molly mentioned. I think we should approach these going from west to east so oh fertile like fertile crescent toward to like fertile. more like eastern asia okay except i don't really know where pineapples were originally domesticated do you i mean i'm gonna i'm, I'm imagining probably like south asia or or the south pacific okay so either way they're going to be east of the fertile crescent it I don't, well, it depends on which way you're going. It does, it does. Oh my God, this is complicated. Wow, everything's a matter of perspective. Okay. I'm not, I think, I feel like I'm missing something. Where were oranges first domesticated? I don't know. <laughs> well, but you've got mandarin oranges here. But I didn't realize there was going to be a domestication quiz. <laughs> okay. Okay. Have anything I, else that we're missing? Else? Uh, I think that might be it. Okay. This gnocchi is not a dry fruit. <laughs> okay, that's a teaser for the next episode. Yeah. All right, Matthew, I kind of feel like we should start with raisins. raisins. Yeah. Okay, so it looks like here we've got some sort of ordinary looking They're raisins. They're flame, seedless flame raisins. Okay. I don't know what, I, I okay. like the name and I, so. They look a little nicer than like your ordinary raisin. Yeah, it tastes like a raisin. It tastes like a raisin. Okay. No, I, I think I still don't like raisins. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. I don't hate them, but just like, you know, it tastes like a raisin. Okay. Uh, what are these other ones? These This looks like a different raisin. This is a dried sour cherry. Oh, that's not a raisin. I mean, but they do look very similar. It looks like a like a slightly plumper raisin. So you didn't get any golden raisins. I didn't get any golden raisins. And you also didn't get any unsulfured apricots. I didn't. I I, I thought you said you didn't like them. But you said you like them. So we were going to have a showdown. I should have gotten unsulfured ap- apricots at the co-op. Okay. Yeah. This is as we said. This is not the ultimate showdown. Okay. Like fine. you like. And we're halfway to the ultimate showdown, like another 750 episodes from now. <laughs> okay. what, what episode is this? Oh, 564. Okay, so. Okay, hold on, Matthew. Episode 1100 will be the ultimate showdown. I cannot showdown. believe we've made 564 episodes <laughs> of this ridiculous show. Matthew, let's do the figs next. Okay. So these look like mission figs. They are black mission figs. I, I find this like a really attractive dried fruit. It's got a nice size and heft to it. Mm. 
I do enjoy the texture mm-hmm. of the seeds. Mm-hmm. There are so many different kinds of dried figs, though. They're the kind that come in like a round little almost clamshell kind of thing, and they're they're like lighter mm-hmm. tan, and they're nestled together. Are those like Calmerna figs? I think I was, that was the name that came to mind, yeah. Mm. This is really Fig Newton-y. This is so Fig Newton-y. This is like basically eating a Fig Newton. Mm-hmm. If we didn't like it, there'd be a Fig Mutiny. <laughs> Wait, you're gonna leave that little bit of dried fig? I'm afraid. I'm, I'm afraid of like hitting the wall, but like, there's really not that. Oh my much God, fruit what here. kind of wall? A, a dried fruit wall. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was the fig. You know, I have to say though, that's nice, but I don't know when I would eat that. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it, it's but not... I wouldn't like choose to chop it up and put it in a baked good. Mm. No. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm curious what's gonna happen to it after this episode, like. Am I going to eat the rest, or is it going to continue to dry until the, until it's like hard and petrified? Yeah, who knows? Only Next, time will tell. The, the petrified fruit episode will be coming up in the future. Okay, <laughs> should we go prunes? Let's go prunes. Yeah. Okay, so Matthew, tell me about about these prunes. Haven't these had something like rubbed on them, or? I think they have. Yeah, like I don't know why they've got that sort of like oiliness. Let's see. So, um, oh, I love prunes. Mm. It just says it just says dried pitted plums and potassium sorbate added as a preservative. These are these are like the the Safeway mm. signature brand prunes, which is what I usually buy, and uh, I like them. I love prunes. Yeah, they're so good. What is not to love? Why are these like the punchline of so many jokes? You know, because like like Grandpa eats them to stay regular, but you know what? So do I. <laughs> <laughs> How many do you have to eat to stay regular? Mm, I don't know, like. A few five a day, maybe. And do you usually do that? Is it like a prescription you give to yourself? Yeah, I guess so. Oh wow. Hmm. Okay. Cool. All right. Dates. Let's, let's try these dates. So I wanted, you know, I I kind of like it. I always feel like I'm really treating myself when I buy high quality pitted mm-hmm. dates, but these have pits, so be careful. Okay. Hmm. Oh, you're biting from the end, and I'm biting from the side. Oh. Hmm. So. No, I find dates to mm. taste really filling. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, I'm gonna hold off on finishing this one. Real rich and fudgy. We talked, but yeah, mm-hmm. we we like go back to the date episode. I don't know what number it was, but I'm gonna say two ninety five. And because uh, I think we talked a lot about like the fudginess of dates, like how they seem really filling compared to other dried fruits, mm-hmm. and uh, something else I was gonna say that I don't remember. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like dates, but I think I prefer the flavor of prunes. Yeah, I think so too. The other thing I was going to say about dates is that I always think of dates like as a kid as like the little bits of date in trail mix that, yes. that are like have like uh, Those dark have some sugar, sort of like powder, powdered sugar type yeah. thing. Uh, you know, I learned in researching this episode that a lot of the fruits that are in trail mix, like papaya and stuff like that, is usually candied as opposed to that makes to sense. Dried. Like I've definitely, I can definitely like think of a, a candied pineapple that I've had in a trail mix. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew, I think we should do apricots next. Yep, I was thinking the same so thing. So these are the California slab apricots from Trader Joe's. Oh, these are good. You're Aren't right. Aren't they so good? Mm-hmm. So these are are sulfured. They are a brilliant orange color. They're so tender. Mm. Mm. I love the texture of, of just like like the, the smoothness. I know, right? You're, the you're stroking yeah. the dried mm-hmm. apricot. So tell me about, so I have not had unsulfured apricots recently. Tell me about how you would compare these. They're they're just like much drier and chewier. And like, the flavor's also darker. The flavor's also darker. Like it's just a totally different fruit. Yeah. Okay. Matthew, what should we taste next? 
Let's do the dried cherries next. Okay. Now, some dried cherries are sweetened. Are these? Yeah, they are, I think. Mm. Mm. Actually, no. I got these from the co-op. I bet they're unsweetened. Mm -hmm. Now, these are nice. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't love cherries in any form except fresh. I, I like these. I, I like don't these really quite like a bit. cherry pie. These are nice, but I wouldn't be like, mm, I can't wait to put some in a cookie or whatever. Yeah, when you said I don't like cherry pie, I'm like, uh, you know, people like people are gonna turn on you for that. But I can mm -hmm. I can come up with something worse like that, worse than that, which is I only like cherry pie if it if it's really good, which it almost never is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. What next? We've got oranges, mandarin oranges. Now I find this to be a strange concept. You don't usually see. Yeah, I got these because I feel like, like I bought them before and enjoyed them, but I don't remember if that's true. These are definitely sweetened, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure. I used to buy these for June's lunchbox sometimes. Oh, I like these. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's like dessert. It's totally a dessert. Mm. But I'm enjoying it. Well, you, uh, where, where's the package? It's, um, I, I feel like it has like a little bit of, of like orange soda flavor Yeah, to that it. is fascinating. Oh, by the way, if you buy fruit at Trader Joe's, you will notice some of them are, are labeled soft and juicy. Ah, uh, okay. I find those ones are usually sweetened. That makes sense. So there's like dried mango and then there's soft and juicy mango. Yeah, because like the, the added sugar like has a uh, hygroscopic effect. <laughs> it just, it and, that, and that's how the show ended. <laughs> <laughs> like we made it to five five hundred sixty three and a half episodes before I said hydros hygroscopic and killed Did the mood. Did you just say hygroscopic? Hygroscopic, yes. And not hydroscopic. No. Wait a minute. Hold on. What, what is, is the difference between hydro and hydro? Wait a minute. Your okay. your glass is tilting. It's gonna spill. Okay. Thanks. Hygro. So like a hygrometer. What? Me measures humidity, right? No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. You know, you know who we need to get in here, Mister Etymology. Okay, <laughs> hygrometers okay. measure humidity. Yeah, I don't know the difference between the hydro and hygro prefixes. They're both water related, obviously. But I think when something, when you're talking about like you know, like some, so like how much water is in something, that's like hygro. Okay, so why is it hydroscopic instead of like hydro? But it's hygroscopic. Hygroscopic instead of like hygrophilic. Oh, so hygroscopic means it draws in moisture. It scopes it. It scopes it out. <laughs> like I'm scoping out your moisture, and I'm, and I'm going to draw, draw it in. in. Um, okay. So yeah, so it's so it's because because they're sugar, like they stay plumper because they actually draw water in out of the water vapor in out of the air. This do you is think, speculation. Do you think that if I left these open on the counter for a while, they would eventually completely rehydrate? Uh, <coughs> <laughs> no, I was I was so I was so uh, shocked by that question that I choked <laughs> on my mandarin orange. Um, I was I was wondering like would they continue to plump or would they would they dry out if you left them out? I do not know the answer. I mean, it depends on like where they are compared to like the equilibrium point. When they're right now, when they're in the back, right? I've already stopped listening. <laughs> okay, great. Hold on, Matthew. I'm looking at this dried pineapple that we're gonna eat next. This looks a bit like jackfruit. Mm-hmm. Or is it breadfruit? Mm. Ooh, which one ha is like this color and has these kind of like, like, uh, like a a muscly looking ribbed quality? Yeah, I don't remember. This is this is these are two like staple staple fruits that I know very little about. Clearly, uh me too. Mm, okay, this is nice. This is really good. It's very similar to the Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, traders. This, this reminds me of, of my like summer of intensive Japanese. Mm. Mm, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's round out the tasting with some freeze-dried strawberries, and then I'm going to throw down some more knowledge on you. Please. Okay. These are freeze-dried strawberries in like um like a foil resealable pouch that my child is always drawn to near the checkout line at sure. PCC. Now, I, I feel like these these freeze-dried fruits like are often used to make like like frostings or like, yes, yeah, because you can grind them up and they have. Mm, I don't like this. You don't like that? I don't think so. No. Mmm. Have you ever had like freeze-dried banana? I think so. I don't. I don't know if I like the freeze dried texture. Like I, mm. I like ground up and put in a frosting, sure. But like it just feels. It's. It just seems like weirdly dry to me. It. It does seem like you are eating. There's like what else is this texture? It's like a um, astronaut ice cream texture. It, yeah, which like nobody nobody eats that except as a gag. But apparently people like freeze dried fruit. Yeah, I don't know why my kid likes this so much. I mean, it is really wonderful and tangy. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, let, let's. Well, I mean, it's it, you know, it's because like what what I'm objecting to is the texture, and texture is like highly individualistic. Okay. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about drying methods, uh, just because I found it a little bit interesting. Okay. Great. So sun drying, as you can imagine, is is like the most traditional way of drying things. Yeah, but I bet it's slow, slower. It than It is butts. really slow. So you know, it uses the sun as a thermal source. Therefore, you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Therefore, you need uh, you need like a hot climate. You need like lots of daylight, and in the process, it's difficult to keep critters from getting at it. Critters, yeah. Uh, whether the microscopic bane, critters or bigger farmer critters. farmer and gatherer. Yeah. So there's sun drying, which isn't done much anymore because, well, for one thing, it takes a long time. The other thing is like sun-dried raisins, which I think you still can find out in the world. They require more like labor hours. Oh, sure. Right? I mean, I know you can find sun-made raisins. Is that the same thing? I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. Okay. But anyway, a more typical way of drying things so that they have that usual gummy texture we think of with dried fruit okay. is tray drying or sometimes called air drying. All right. And it's basically dehydrating with the help of a hot air source. All right. That makes sense. So it, it's kind of, a, from what I understand, a tray dryer looks and sort of functions similarly to like a convection dryer or a convection oven. And it's called it's called that because you dry them until they're tray tray dry, right? Exactly. That was nice. That was nice. Uh, anyway, the food is placed on trays in an enclosed insulated chamber. Hot air moves around, dries them. This so it's is, like a convection oven. Exactly. That's what I just said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, but I didn't hear you because I was thinking about my very good French joke. <laughs> so anyway, this is faster than sun drying, as you can imagine. Yep. Okay. Moving right along here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, I'm guessing that's how a lot of stuff is dried these days, but I don't know for sure. It seems like it must be. Okay. Unless, unless like you're about to like really like lay down something like nuclear. Well, no, there's another one called vacuum microwave drying, which uses microwave mm. radiation. And I struggled to understand anything about the description of this, except that the drying time, like it doesn't take very long and the color, texture and taste of the food is maintained. So I don't know. Maybe we've all encountered more things that are vacuum microwave dried than I think. But I was I was going to mention like microwaving like as a joke and like I didn't know this existed at, at all. And now I'm kind of fascinated. 
I don't know if uh, like vacuum microwave drying obviously requires more sophisticated technology than you. Yeah, have, no, I'm like, not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, counter, I mean, maybe but, I am gonna put grapes in the microwave because they might explode and it might be awesome, but not to make raisins. Okay, so the the fourth you know typical method or or you know method used today for drying foods is freeze drying. This I'm is, realizing as you mentioned this that I do not actually know what freeze how freeze drying works. Well, so maybe you can help me understand this okay. because I, I I did learn how it works and it sort of makes sense to All right. me. So freeze drying is also known as cryo desiccation, which is what I'm gonna call my new metal band. I wish I wish I could do the metal metal voice. Like I probably could learn Cryo desiccation. Yeah. No, exactly. that sounds more like like uh Tales from the Crypt or yeah, something. Yeah. Which which is related. But yeah, I'm afraid I would like hurt myself learning how to do it. Being yeah. like cryo desiccation. You know? Oh, that was really good. Yeah, actually. But, I, but like if I did that like two more times, then I would have to end the episode. Okay. Anyway, so freeze drying is obviously a low temperature dehydration process. And the way it works is that you freeze the food, okay. then you lower the pressure oh. in the chamber, and you rem- you you mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. heat it to remove the ice in the object by sublimation. So in other words, like fresh fruit is frozen, then it's placed in a drying chamber under vacuum and heat is applied and the water evaporates while the fruit is still frozen. Okay. So the water in the in the frozen fruit basically goes from being a solid to a gas. Sublimation. Yeah. So I don't really understand how this works or why it leaves things the texture they are. I but mean, I think the low pressure is the key thing. Okay. That's, that's the part that I wasn't getting because like, you know, if you just like freeze something that that's not dry right but uh i mean it's it's sort of like it gets drier but not as dry as something that's freeze dry so it's yeah so that's you're you're like vacuum vacuum freezing it yes kind of. yes sort of there's a lot of vacuuming going on yeah in, but i mean in, you're, you're you're kind of literally vacuuming the the moisture out of the fruit like not with like a little dust buster, but but just, by by lowering the pressure in the chamber, right? So so the uh, you know the pressure like then wants to wants to equalize. So mm-hmm. so the uh, you know the 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 water in the fruit wants to migrate out into the atmosphere. Yeah, cool. Anyway, freeze drying is expensive, uh, which is why it is tended to be reserved for like certain genres, like uh, like astronaut food, sure, uh, backpacking food, food that needs to be really lightweight. So it's really expensive, but on the plus side, it has less of an effect on flavor and color than like other forms of dehydration. Yeah, this, this like strawberry chunk is the color of a strawberry. Style. Yeah, and apparently, freeze dried fruit can be rehydrated. Whereas, for instance, you cannot take something that is uh, sun-dried or tray-dried and rehydrate it well. Right. And, like, it seems like it doesn't shrink as much. I think that seems accurate. Because it's still, like, it probably just, like, has a bunch of air holes in it. Yes. Yeah. So we could rehydrate this piece of strawberry and it would be indistinguishable from a fresh strawberry. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I just have, I I think we're coming to the end here. Okay. But I I just wanted to talk for a minute about sulfur because this is something that gets like demonized in dried fruits. Sure. And from what I understand, and I am of course not an expert, but sulfur dioxide, which is used in some dried fruits to maintain their color and flavor, 
Uh, it has gotten demonized because some people, of course, are sensitive to sulfites. Right. And apparently, especially people with asthma are sensitive to sulfites. Which is a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it is. It's a huge number of people. So uh, the USDA requires uh, manufacturers and producers who use sulfites in their food preservation to declare it. Um, and, you know, anyway, as a result, a lot of places refuse or like I think PCC here in Seattle maybe doesn't carry dried fruits that have been yeah, sulfur. I think, that, I think the co-op is the same. But I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I'm grateful that I am not sensitive because I really enjoy sulfured fruits. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, these California slab apricots are slab horrific. They are. They are. So, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, June came home from summer camp the other day and was we were talking about the food at summer camp. And June was like, yeah, one of the kids in my cabin was saying that that she's never had salt. And I was like, <laughs> and then June was like, another one of the kids in my cabin was saying salt is really bad for you. And so we had the mm -hmm. conversation about like, you know, certain medical conditions or whatever, right. or there are definitely people who are sensitive to salt, but the rest of us are fine eating, you know, a typical amount of salt. Yeah. I would say the same thing probably goes for sulfites. Um, yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of like a general sort of like uh, nutritionism thing of like, you know, take, you know, focus on something that is that is like, you know, demonstrably harmful to to a subgroup of people yes. and say, like, maybe that's bad for everyone. Yes. And uh, it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, everybody, uh, go eat some dried fruit. Tell us what's your favorite. Yeah, platter cheese plate it up and, and let us know how it goes. There's so like we didn't have any dried apples today, which, oh which are like a real nostalgic item for me. Uh, what what else did we not have? No, like banana chips. A yeah. lot of people are into those. Uh, what else did we not have? Uh, dried kiwis. Oh, I didn't. That never even occurred. I'm not to sure me. if that exists. I just thought of a fruit. Uh, I bet it does. Oh, we didn't even have any dried mango today. No, I, I like passed it up because like I've had I've had it recently, and I figured I would remember what it was like. But that wasn't a good reason because I love dried the best. mango. Yeah. Although you know, for a while I was buying a particular like package of dried mango they had at PCC, and it was so tart I could not mm, eat it. That sounds great. And I am someone who loves sour things. Uh, like. Who's someone was selling dried green mango, right? Mm. I feel like this is a thing. I don't know. I, th I think I've had that. and It was really good. Is is fruit leather dried fruit? It is. Okay, it is. It's basically. Have we done a fruit leather episode? I don't know. Uh, I did see a mention of fruit leather in my research, and basically, from what I understand, it's like dried fruit that is like you know pureed, yeah, and then dried a little bit on a cellophane a and then you peel it off and it makes an awesome sound mm -hmm. and sometimes mm -hmm. it's really hard to peel off okay we, we should get some if we haven't done a fruit leather episode we'll do it okay okay all right matthew do we have any segments we do here how about a now but wow Ooh, please from me Uh, so I watched this great video on YouTube uh, that was reported by Yo-Yo Chow for Gold Thread Magazine and is called Fast Food in China is a Whole Other World. And one of my favorite things is uh, international fast food. And uh, this one, this uh, video focuses uh, mainly on McDonald's and KFC and like the, the uh, 
local market and uh, and seasonal and limited edition items that they market at their at their locations in China uh, some of which are, are just amazing like you can get like a like a Zongzi like sticky rice wrapped dumpling mm. in, uh, at, a, at McDonald's in China and uh, the person who who like introduces the food and like does the eating is a uh, is a uh, Chengdu based food blogger named Stephanie they did not give her last name I tried to like you know find her food blog and couldn't so if anyone knows let me know uh, but she is like just a delightful screen presence and just like you know makes makes the whole experience like come alive in a way that that really transcends like someone sitting and eating in a fast food place i do hope they will do or have already done and i haven't found it yet a follow-up on like local chains because often like the you know the local competitors to the international fast food chains are even more interesting Mm -hmm. but i loved this video and we will link to it in the show notes it's called fast food in china is a whole other world from gold thread delightful our producer is Abby Circatella. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And you can chat with other Spilled Milk listeners uh, about your favorite dried fruits and anything else you want on our subreddit. Which no, is... only dried fruits. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Yeah, only dried fruits from here on out, everybody. That's right. And um, until next time, keep it hygroscopic. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amsterburton. So, okay, uh, we have here in front... Oh, we should take a a picture of this. Okay. Abby, look what I just did. I remembered to get us to take a picture of it. Okay. All right. And now we should uh, get out our easels and make us... And uh, paint a still life. Yes. (laughs) Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.